Hey, 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 everyone, we are in episode three. And um, as I had told you before, we're going to dig into some personal things. But this is this is only for me to share some things, because what I found is that many people relate to these type of stories. And I want to navigate through this so that we get a better understanding as well when it comes to our settled feelings on certain situations. And I want to tell you that you are not wrong in the way you think many times. It is natural. Many times in my life, I felt that I was being sacrificed for something, not readily understanding what God was doing in my life. And in many sorts, I always felt like the victim, seeming as if every step that I went, there was something happening that was taking me off course. And I didn't understand why it was me that was sitting in the position of sadness all the time. I want to share a story with you and I'm being very open with what I'm sharing. And it's the first that I've done so in an outward environment. But I feel that there's a pulling in my heart that needs to be shared with women who experience something so unsettling that has shown up in us as grown women. Additionally, this does not miss the mark on men who have experienced this as well. So if there is are any male listeners, I want you to understand that you are loved and that what happened to you is not your fault. I remember being introduced to this man. My intuition was going haywire in my body and in my mind from the first hello. I felt very uncomfortable. I watched this man in great detail as I was giving more space because I didn't want to get close to him. I didn't trust him and I didn't trust his intentions. And I did not understand his presence in the home in which I shared with my mother and my brother. What was more compelling or a little more uneasy for me was that I saw this man years ago and I remember thinking to myself how evil his spirit seemed to be and as I have shared many times before I have had this gift of intuition when it comes to people in their energy that give off something that's just not right but many times I would put them aside because I felt that I was being very judgmental about people that I didn't know so as the story goes over time he began to build a rapport with my mother and he began to come around more often. I would avoid him at all costs and have minimal conversations many times, just answering him with one word. One thing I know about people who are manipulators is that they look at the situation and they assess it moving forward. He somehow came up with this idea to navigate. So it is seen as if he is the hero in this story. This man gained access to my mother's mind and her heart, and she began to show up much more differently differently in ways that I had never seen before. He established a bigger space between my mother and I, and I noticed that he became much more of my enemy as he would put things in my mother's head about chores that I wasn't doing at home or how I was using my idle time not doing the things that she asked me to do. He knew that my mother was very prideful about her home and the upkeep of her house. And so one of the things that he would do was he would purposely put dirt on the floors or tell her that I didn't wash the dishes. His power was so strong that my mother believed him over me every single time. 
This man became an ally to my mother, supporting this idea that he had her back and was going to be the additional parent in the home. I'm not sure if he realized that I could see right through him, but he was trying in every way possible to alienate me and suffocate me in my home by again extending this already large gap that my mother and I shared in our relationship to each other. So here's where the story unfolds and becomes very interesting. Now, while he was creating this space between my mom and I, where we were constantly at odds with each other, he also saw, saw that behind all of this, I left with tears and anger towards the way my mother was treating me. I want us to be observant about the way manipulation happens. He sets the stage to separate our relationship more so that he could come in and act like he was a caring father. But one thing about it was that I didn't like this man. One day after my mother went through one of her episodes where she was fussing at me and I went outside and I was crying and he came outside and told me that he was sorry that I was crying again. It made me feel so uncomfortable. He wanted to make me feel better and I remember looking at this man with hate and I'll be honest, hate in my heart because he created a situation where he made it horrible. And I understood that this was a manipulation tactic. And so I just stared into his eyes, his blank eyes, and I told him to leave me alone and not to sit by me. And he told me that he just wanted to be a father to me. He didn't understand why I was being so distant and so cold and that if there was anything that he had ever done that he wanted to make it right because he didn't want to see me cry. Interesting. <laughs> I walked away. I didn't want to hear him talk. I didn't want to be in his presence. And quite honestly, the situation that was with my mother had made it very difficult. With my mom, I picked up on how she was very protective of him. Even though I was a teenage girl, my mother saw me as a competition in the eyes of a man who truly didn't love her. My mother did a lot of work outside of the home doing home health care and some nights she would have to see her patients at extended hours and many days I was home with my brother and that man. This particular day I would never forget after a track meet I went to go to the bathroom so that I could take a shower and if anybody knows anything about the track uniforms it is short shorts and a tank top type shirt. And I was very careful each time to scurry from my room to the bathroom because I always had this sense that this man was watching me. And in that moment, I gathered my stuff, scurried across the hallway so that I could get into the bathroom before I thought that he would pop up. As soon as I was at the doorway of the bathroom, he stood in front of me and said that he loved me so much. He began to get closer and closer to me. I remember freezing in the moment because any interaction that we did have, it was always kept at a distance. But this time he was in my space and I was backed up in a corner and I couldn't move. And there was this initial shock that my worst thought was happening right in this moment. He started to tell me how pretty I was and how he hated the situation between me and my mother. And that he would take care of me and that if anything I needed, he would just give me if I ask. And I was trying so hard to open the door so that I could get in while he is talking in my ear. 
What I remember about this man is that he always smelled like cigarettes and alcohol. That is a memory that is forever etched in me and it is a trigger to me every single time. I tried to make my way into the bathroom and he started to come closer and closer. I didn't have the words in that moment and I wished that I did, but I didn't realize how scared I could actually be facing someone face to face that I really was in fear of, but also hated. And I can't explain that feeling. It's just knowing that my fear probably was more than my hate. As I tried to slip into the bathroom by cracking the door, he pulled my shirt of my track uniform and pulled me closer. And that stench of alcohol and cigarettes consumed me again. And I began to shake and he told me to calm down, that everything was okay and that he would never hurt me. And he brought me closer and closer, pulling me and tugging at my shirt. In that moment, I, I told him to leave me alone and that I would tell my mom. And he laughed and he said, your mother wouldn't believe you. I just remember my shoulders dropping and I knew he was right. He set up a more complex situation and let me know that he had more power over the situation than I did. And I just remember sinking slowly with hurt. I finally got into the bathroom and I remember staying in the shower for longer than I usually am in the shower. I wanted to kind of stay it out, hoping that the longevity of my shower would not make him want to come to the door. I just figured, you know, if I stay long, he'll forget about it and he'll leave me alone. But I was wrong. As soon as I opened the door, he was coming down the hallway, blocking my room door so that I could not go around him. I had to fight him for access to my room that I had access for years before he had been there. He kept saying, I just want to make you happy. I want to take care of you and I don't want you to cry anymore. I'll give you money. I'll give you a job. He kept going on and on and on and the fear became overwhelming. I just remember being frozen again and then he leaned over and he tried to kiss me on my lips and I pushed him away and he grabbed me tighter and he put his lips on my lips with that alcohol and cigarette smell and I pushed him away and I went in my room and I closed the door and he laughed. It was an evil laugh. Weeks went by and these occurrence be occurrences began to happen more and more every weekend, every night that my mother was not home. And because my mother and I were not on speaking terms, the space created nothing, not a conversation, not the privilege to tell nothing. I've always been an introvert, so I always stayed in my room. So that was not unlike my behavior, but for the first time, I knew what depression felt like. I won't tell all of the details. I'll skip over a few, but finally he succeeded in what it was that he wanted in his sick mind. And I remember the moment after feeling so numb and lost. I felt that I played a part in it by not screaming enough, by not pushing it enough and not shouting in situations where we were all together mimicking this happy family what he had done to me on those days and nights. I just wanted to tell someone. I was replaying them in my head while sitting in classrooms and trying to learn in school. 
My mother noticed that I had been avoiding her. I'll never forget it was on a Saturday. We were standing in the kitchen and then she said to me in the most rude way, what is wrong with you? I remember looking into her eyes and I think it was <laughs> that of hate because the way in which she reacted was very defensive and ready to almost fight in a sense. And she said again, what's your problem with me? <laughs> Take a break. I couldn't hold it in anymore, so I told her what he had done to me. I told her detail by detail. My mother looked at me. She gasped and she grabbed me. She hugged me. She held me tight and she told me these exact words. I am supposed to protect you. I remember this moment because my mother never hugged me. There was one time that she did. It was the day that I lost my father. So that second hug meant something to me. It meant that she believed me. And after all of this, that she really loved me. It was a glimmer of hope that she had my back. And I sunk and cried in her arms uncontrollably like a baby because now I was able to get it out. She said that she was going to confront him. And so I waited for about two hours. And then my mother and that man came back to the house. And I could tell by the way she looked at me when she came in the house that the conversation that they had was totally opposite of what I told my mother. She said to me that she felt betrayed by me. She said in my face and she told me that I'd lied as she talked to him. And he said he would never do such a thing. He would kill himself before he hurt his daughter <laughs> and then in the months that went by I felt so numb I didn't tell anyone I just felt like no one would understand we were faking this happy family dynamic we were somehow supposed to be this perfect family and I hated it so much what was more hurtful was being pushed to take family pictures and going to family reunions. I was often scolded for acting disrespectful because I did not want to hug him and be around him. My mother would make an example out of me and embarrass me in front of family members, ridiculing me to make it seem that I was an awful child when I was broken inside. I just couldn't wrap my, my head around how she was able to conceal this and try to uphold this family dynamic that was a lie. I forgave this man a long time ago, but it took me years to do so. I would not let my children be around him unattended. I would not go and see my mother because he still resided in the home. I was very closed off. And by fear that he was going to hurt my kids and many situations I felt overwhelmed with just even being around my mother and this man I sucked it up because my children were my mother's grandchildren years ago my mother decided that enough was enough he had already showed her who he was in many instances he had been with prostitutes he had been talking and being active with women outside of their relationship and <laughs> 
He had always showed her who he was, but all of a sudden she got tired. She called me one day and told me that they got into an argument and he put his hands on her. I was on the opposite end of the phone and shamefully I didn't have a response. The hatred that I still had for the situation couldn't bring me to feel sorry for my mother who decided to cover up a situation that affected me in so many ways. And now all of a sudden she needed me to be of assistance in her situation. I remember telling her that I was busy at the moment, but I would call her back and she got upset. I ended up calling her back and she asked me why I was taking so long and I remember when I heard those words, I wanted to lash out and tell her how I felt, but I didn't. And I remember going to my mother's house while he was sitting outside and my mother had called the police. And by this time, wanted him gone. I kept feeling in the situation after she decided that he was too much for her. Why the words of a little girl wasn't enough for my mother to let him go. I understood the things that my mother went through in her life. I thought that I was enough for her. Many people don't understand that you can forgive people, but not necessarily reconcile with them. I forgave my mother for covering up a situation that hurt me so bad and not even attempting to protect me as a young girl. I forgave this man who time after time took advantage of me, hurt me deeply, built a separation between my mom and I that was stronger than before and pretending that nothing happened. For me, every single my every single day of my life was like hell. I was horrible with communication. I often boxed my emotions in and within myself, and I was not good in the way that I expressed myself in my marriage. I was broken, and I realized that this had consumed me. In my adulthood, I packed away all this trauma in my belly that began to purge slowly as I aged. As of recent, many of you know my mother is now gone. She has passed away. He is now in a nursing home, not able to feed himself, wash himself, clean himself from going to the bathroom. He is almost in a vegetative state. He has had two heart attacks and three strokes. I did pray every single day that this would just not consume me. The prayers that I had as a little girl didn't seem to be answered in that time, but one thing I realized is that God was right on time and that he would protect me. I prayed over my sanity many times as well. I remember wanting to have a little girl so badly. I ended up with three boys. I understand now that a girl was <laughs> not for me, more of insanity. I know the protection that I would have had for a little girl that was mine standing next to men who gaze with lust in their eyes. In this situation, I've learned that my mission was in great lengths to talk to women who had suffered this kind of abuse from manipulative people who took advantage of them in their lives and took advantage of their innocence. I shared my story because it is real, it is my honesty, and it is often the place where I dig deep and I divulge myself. I have won over this situation, though it seems to hurt a little. I understand that 
and gave me a strength that I didn't know I could possess. I wanted to remind you that you are loved even though in the moment you didn't feel loved. You are enough even when things were taken away from you, not by your will. And I want to tell you that God is watching over you and he's protecting you. We don't know the way in which things work and why, but things happen. And unfortunately, sometimes we have to just live through it and in it. I want to remind you that, again, it wasn't your fault. I I sat with grief for a very long time. I went through several situations in my, hair where, in my head where I thought I could do more to communicate better. I pushed harder. I could fight more. And what's interesting about the body is that we think all of these things that we could do in the moment, we can, but we can't. I want you to give yourself some grace if you have been affected by a situation like this. I want you to understand again, and I will say this over and over, it is not your fault and you don't have to reconcile with the perpetrator. I do want you to get to a point of forgiveness, number one, for yourself. But let's forgive ourselves first for harboring these feelings and holding ourselves back and allowing these things to attack us day to day and suffering. We self-suffer by the words that we tell ourselves. And number two, when you get to that point, when you get to that point, try to forgive the other person. It's hard. It took me years. So I understand I'm not forcing you to forgive the other person, but at some point we do. Allow God to minister through your life and release it out in the atmosphere. For me, that release has been much more of a way to talk about it openly and understand where the unhealed traumas and people who have been raped and molested resides. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. I want to give some shout outs to some people who have given me some reviews on the podcast. Um, Mom Work 30. I think I shouted her out last time. I'm sorry. Let me go back. <laughs> um, if these are repeats, I'm sorry. Um, Miss Jerry Marie. Um, she said the this podcast is the only one that I listen to. Nat6767. She started following me on, on TikTok and saw one of my videos. And she said she's loving it here. Shaw Woodson. She says she loves the podcast and um uh, she loves the positivity, the uplifting and liberating and inspirational um, words. Satya Wani or Wan, I'm sorry, y'all, if I'm murdering these words, but she said this is the best all around podcast. I'm thankful for you. Moms Duke 66. She said, I truly believe timing is everything and your podcast showed up in a great time in my life. Thank you so much. Um, mm, Abbott OCD. And she said, keeping it real. I'm loving the podcast and I follow you on social media. Ooh, okay. This username. JDJJDNFNFDN. <laughs> Amazing podcast. I follow you on TikTok and I came to follow you on Apple. Thank you much, so much for being present. Cardi P with a K. I love it. Um, she says, such a beautiful, soulful podcast and sure on time for me as I am in the grieving process of losing my mother. Blessings to you, uh, Candy. 
a Cardi P. And last but not least, Jayla1908, she says, so insightful. I love your podcast. You are providing me with so much wisdom and the things that you reflect on. I am so thankful for you. I'm so glad that you guys have given me this space to just divulge and to share. Um, I want it just to be realistic and to just honor where we are in our moments so that we can heal and take care of ourselves and not only take care of ourselves, but take care of other people uh, beyond us. I'm again, elated to share this space with you. I'm elated that um, we have listeners. We are again, a family. We are a tribe. I am just immensely thankful. And with that, I'm going to sign off and I see you guys on next week. All right. Bye-bye.